take your Bibles for a few moments to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4, and beginning with verse number 5. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 5. If you're there, say, I'm there. Proverbs chapter 4, begin with verse number 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you, love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all of your getting, get understanding. Let's focus on verse number 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. Today I just want to preach a few moments on the thought, wisdom for today. Wisdom for today. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in your house tonight. We thank you for what you did this morning, the lives that you've touched, but we thank you that you're here today and we pray that you would open our ears and our hearts, that we would receive your word with clarity, that we would be found faithful and not only faithful but fruitful in your work, I pray. Faithful and fruitful. And we ask everything that we do, we ask it in the name of Jesus our Lord. And everyone shouted a great big amen. Wisdom for today. A few years ago we did a study in the book of Proverbs on Wednesday night on wisdom. And uh, I had a few people tell me that, you know, and they were nice about it. They wasn't being rude. But they just didn't think it was interesting enough. And um, well, how many knows that sometimes we're required to eat broccoli and carrots when you don't want to eat broccoli and carrots? And Pastor Josh is not required to feed us Twinkies and cakes every Sunday. And so when somebody said to me, ah, the book of Proverbs is not really interesting, it's kind of boring. And I know that they're sweet and nice and I don't hold it against them. I don't think they even go to church here anymore. But I thought to myself, maybe because they don't like broccoli, you know. And uh, no joke, they decided, they told me they're not coming on Wednesday night because they don't want to listen to the book of Proverbs. No joke, God is my witness. And I thought to myself, is this the Christianity that we're involved in that sheep don't like to eat certain foods? Of course, children don't like to eat broccoli. Of course, children don't like to eat carrots or squash. But if you're going to be a healthy, growing baby boy or girl, mommy and daddy has to teach you it's good to have cakes and cookies once in a while, but it's also good to eat broccoli and carrots and squash and vegetables. And I believe that, would you not agree with me, that if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, we cannot have a spiritual diet of cakes and cookies spiritually all the time. That we've got to have the meat of the Word of God. How many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I agree with you 100%. You see, the church 
in the book of Hebrews dealt with this same issue. I don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. There's speculation that it could be several people. But whoever wrote the book of Hebrews ran into this problem of people not wanting the meat of the Word of God, but they wanted something superficial. And I believe that there, if there's ever a day that people are living superficial, I believe it's today. People are living so superficial. And I don't want to develop a church of superficiality. I want to develop a church of strong men and women who are given to the Word of God, who is strong in the Word of God, who is a strong army in the Word of God, who's able to defend the Word of God. And this same issue is found in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 5 and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 12. I want you to listen to the writer of Hebrews where he clearly defines that there's an issue here that people are not hearing the Word of God. Now, do you remember that in the Old Testament, a prophet by the name of Amos said that there's coming a day, that there's going to be a famine, but this famine is not physical or have to do with physical food, but this famine is the hearing of the Word of God. He said that. Look at it. The book of Amos. Amos, who uh, was a prophet called of God, was very disturbed about the day and age that he lived in. And God was very clear. He said, Amos, don't look at their faces. I want you to proclaim the Word of God, and I want you to say what I want you to say. He said, because there's a famine sweeping the land. People are hearing, but they're not hearing. People are seeing, but they're not seeing. In other words, people are not perceiving in the Spirit what I want to do. They, they want to go after everything that tickles their ears, but they don't want to go after what thus says the Word of God says. And even the prophet said, even Paul said, the apostle said, that there's coming a day that men and women would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they would fall away from the faith because they would run after teachers who would itch their ears. Because in the Middle Eastern custom, when they went to dinner, a part of hospitality was that they would lean on each other, and a part of, of hospitality is that they would take their hand and they would massage the back of their ears or itch the back of their ears. It was for enjoyment. It's the same thing you would do when you would go to a massage therapist and they would massage your shoulders. They did it on the back of their ears. Aren't you glad times have changed? And the Apostle Paul said, that's exactly what's happening. People are going to a massage therapist and they're getting their shoulders rubbed on because it feels good and they're falling away from the Word of God. They're falling away from the truth of the Word of God. They're running after teachers who itch their ears. They're running after people who massage their shoulders for pleasure. Would you agree today, ladies and gentlemen, that we are living in perilous times where even church people are running after people who tell them what they want to hear? Thank God for the ten people that agree with this preacher on a Sunday night. I said, aren't you glad that you are a part of a church that preaches the Word of God. And the Apostle Paul said, or, or whoever wrote Hebrews 5, verse number 12, he says, by this time you should be teachers. 
You ought someone to teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. He said there's something wrong with your diet. You are, you're, you're stuck on the milk and you're not able to contain the meat of the Word of God. And this is the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that when Christians are running after everything that itches their ears, and when believers run after everything that is good, and eating everything that's a dessert, and they're not going after the meat of the Word of God, or thus says the Word of God, the hard things of the Word of God, when we will, we will develop a digestive system that is only conducive to sweets. And we will not know how to digest real food because our diet is primarily sweet. And that is why, as believers and men and women of God, if we are not intentionally going forward, we are unintentionally going back. And the Apostle Paul was very clear. He said, you should be teachers. You should be grown up by now. You should be going after the Word of God. You should be going after the meat of the Word of God. But I've got to resort to the very elementary principles which are baptism and repentance. He said you should be on that. You should be learning and progressing in your faith. And Jesus had this same problem, did He not? Jesus dealt with the same problem. Jesus is teaching parables. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 14, look at this scripture. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 14, Jesus said there is a problem here. And I believe it's the same problem that we're facing today. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, and in this, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, saying, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and you will not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown, grown dull. The eyes are hard, or the ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed. Least they should see their own eyes and hear with their own ears, and least they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Jesus is saying it's happening. People have ears, but they're not hearing. People have eyes, and they do not see. People say they perceive, and they do not perceive. There is something wrong in the land. Jesus is saying there's a spiritual problem. The climate is wrong. Something is wrong. And why is Jesus saying this? Because Jesus is teaching to 5,000 people on a Judean hillside and only 12 of them wanted change. Only 12 of them wanted to follow Jesus in deep commitment. It's easy to get 5,000 people to come and get a fish sandwich, but it's another story to get you to be real committed. To be real committed. And Jesus said, that's the problem they're hearing, but they don't hear. And isn't that what John, isn't it interesting to me that if you go all the way back to the book of Revelation, where the angel, the Bible says there were seven angels that spoke to these churches. Verse number three, and the angel of the church of Sardis, it was kind of like the pastor of these churches. These angels, these pastors, by the Spirit of God is speaking to these churches, and the Spirit is saying, he that hath an ear, let him hear. You see that in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 7. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 7. Listen to the words of Jesus to these churches. He was very clear about this. 
And it's ironic that this is the last book of the Bible and this is the last message and the Spirit is still saying the same thing that Jesus said in the book of Matthew. It's the same thing that Amos said. He said, God said to Amos, there's going to be a famine of hearing the Word of God. Something's wrong with the climate. Something's wrong with the hearing. Something's wrong with the seeing. Something's wrong with the perceiving. Something's wrong with it. Amos said it. Jesus said it. And now Jesus is saying it again to the pastors of these churches. He said in Revelation chapter 7, uh, Revelation 2 verse 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You see, my friends, you can have a hear and not hear. You can have eyes and not see. You can have a heart and not perceive. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Do you see this, my friends? Do you see the urgency of Jesus? I can go on in chapter 3. I can go on in all of chapter 3 and read to you where Jesus is saying, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. My friends, it's possible that you can listen and not hear. It's possible that you can progress in God and not come to a deeper understanding of the things of God. You see, the Bible says to the prophet, deep calleth unto deep. The Bible says that even Paul said that God reveals Himself by mystery upon mystery upon mystery. And I'm afraid that sometimes in our progression in God, we go to one level and we are stuck. We go to another level and we're stuck. But in the progression with God, in your relationship with God, I'm a firm believer that there are different levels to God, there are different stages to God, there's different seasons of God, because He is a treasure. And no matter how much you think you've exhausted the treasure, you can never exhaust the treasure. You can always go deeper. You can always go wider. You can always go further than you ever went before, because He is inexhaustible. You can never exhaust Jesus Christ. You can never exhaust Him. He always is a well. Jesus is a well that never runs dry. He is a well that never runs dry. My friends, listen to the Spirit of God tonight. He desires to open up your ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say. He wants to open up your spiritual eyes so that you will see what the Spirit wants you to see. He wants to open up your heart so that you can see and hear and discern what the Spirit wants to say. It reminds me of the disciples who came to Jesus in the book of Matthew and said, show us the sign of your coming. And Jesus said, I'm not going to show you the sign of my coming. The only sign I'm going to give you is Jonah in the well in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. The disciples scratch their heads. What is that supposed to mean? Because you can have ears and not hear. You can have a heart and not discern. That is why Jesus would preach to 5,000 people and He would distribute the fish and the bread and only 12 of them went aside and said, Master, tell us what you meant by the parable 
of the sower and the seed. And Jesus would sit down with the twelve, and he would pour his heart and reveal to them what the parable meant, while everybody else scratched their head and went home. Twelve of them went to Jesus and said, listen, we're hearing you, but we don't hear. We're seeing what you see, but we're not actually discerning what you're saying. And so they pulled Jesus aside and said, tell us what you really mean. Because in the progression of God, there is a difference in being a servant and a son. Hallelujah. And I think that sometimes as servants, we don't go closer to the Lord as a son. Because you know what a son is? A son comes in a relationship with a father where the Father reveals the secrets of the kingdom. He reveals the mysteries of the kingdom. The Father doesn't reveal His secrets to servants. He reveals His secrets to sons. Hallelujah! And I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I hear the Spirit say to me tonight, there is more for you. There is a deeper place for you to go. There's a higher place that you've never been. There's things I want to show you that you've never seen before. And is it possible that we can miss what God wants to do in us and through us because we have become dull in our hearing? And we have become dull in our seeing to the point that things look so familiar that we don't understand nor do we discern what God is trying to do. And isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? The Apostle Paul had this revelation. He had a revelation. Because, you see, if you read the Old Testament, hallelujah, Jesus' second coming was Jesus revealed that He would come back and set up His kingdom. Is that right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Apostle said to the Lord, When shall... When, when shall these signs be? When shall you establish your kingdom? And Jesus said in the book of Acts chapter 1, around verse 8 or 9, Jesus said, it's not for you, it's left to my Father in heaven. He knows the times and He knows the seasons. And you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, listen, there are some things, there are some things that the Lord is not going to reveal to you. All I'm going to tell you is that the Father knows what He's doing. But isn't it interesting that the Apostle Paul had a mystery given to him? And you know what the mystery was? I'm about to shout up in this Pentecostal church. Is that all right? Is there anybody can shout amen up in this Pentecostal church? Come on. Paul was given a mystery. Get this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 51. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. The Apostle Paul, get this, he had a deeper revelation than the disciples. I think the disciples went to a level and they did not progress. But the Apostle Paul went to a deeper level than the disciples ever went. Because the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, he said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, What I'm getting ready to tell you was not delivered to the apostles. 
what I'm getting ready to tell you was not revealed to the disciples. It wasn't revealed to anybody before me. There was clues and signs, but they did not discern it. They did not perceive it. They did not understand. But the Apostle Paul said, but something happened to me. My eyes discerned something. My heart discerned something. My ears were open to the Spirit, and the Spirit revealed to me a mystery. He said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Woo! The Apostle Paul said this. He said, this revelation was not given to the disciples because they only, they only discerned that Jesus is coming back to set up a physical kingdom. Acts chapter 1, around 8 and 9. That's all they were concerned about. That's all they saw. That's all they heard. That's all they discerned. But the Apostle Paul, oh, hallelujah. You know why I believe a mystery was given to him? Because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the revealer of truth. The Holy Ghost is the revealer of mysteries. He said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. The Apostle Paul had an experience where God said, I'm going to take you deeper than you've ever been. I'm going to reveal things to you that I didn't reveal to them. I'm going to make you discern things that I never revealed to them. And he said, he said I'm going to reveal to you a mystery that's never been seen before. And this mystery is a great catching away of all believers around the world. He said, at the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the dead will be raised incorruptible. That is a mystery. Hallelujah. Is it possible, my friends, to serve God and not see what God wants you to see? Is it possible to serve God and not hear what God wants you to hear? Is it possible to serve God and not discern what God wants to do? Hallelujah. That is why people will have degree upon degree behind their name and still deny the doctrines of Scripture. They have ears, but they do not hear. They have eyes, but they do not see. And that is why Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And He called them hypocrites and a brood of vipers and Whitewashed sepulchers because these men were men of the book. These men were men of tradition. These men knew how to quote the scripture, but they could not see that Jesus was the Son of God. Hallelujah. And is it possible that you could see and not see? That you can hear and not hear? Is it possible? That your heart could love God and not discern the times and the seasons that we're in. Paul had a greater revelation than that of the disciples. He was given the mysteries of the kingdom. Mysteries was revealed to this man. Because there is a difference between being a servant and a son. There's a difference between doing for God and being with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I just stop for a moment because I feel the Spirit of God and I don't mean to freak you out. 
If I speak in tongues, that's a language to God. But I sense the Holy Spirit here tonight because the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. He is the paraclete. He is the one, Sister Kathy, that wants to take us by the hand and say there's a well of water that you've never experienced. There's a treasure that you've never seen. There are things in the Spirit that you've never behold before. There are things that I want to reveal to you that you have never seen before. Places that you've never went. And that is why John, oh hallelujah, I don't mean to shout up in here, but I feel the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody wave your hand and say amen, amen, amen. That is why John, in the book of Revelation, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And what happened? He was caught up in the Spirit and the Lord showed him a heavenly city. Because I'm telling you, there's a place in God that you can be caught up in that God can reveal to you something that somebody's never seen before. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. John, after they boiled you in oil for seven times, Some of us can't go to church because we have a hangnail. He was boiled in oil. He was in the Spirit. He said, I, oh, hallelujah, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Revelation 1 verse 9. Listen to the testimony of this man. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, both your brother and your companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a trumpet behind me. He heard something that nobody else heard. He saw something that nobody else saw. He discerned something that nobody else discerned because he was caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Hallelujah. And I believe that's what the Holy Ghost wants to do. The Holy Ghost is a revealer of truth. The Holy Ghost is a revealer of mysteries. I am not saying tonight that the Holy Spirit will reveal something to you contrary to the Word. He would never reveal something to you contrary to the Word. I am not even talking about revelation. There is only one revelation and it's Jesus Christ. I am talking about illuminations of the one revelation before you. I'm talking about the one revelation before you is being illuminated in your spirit, being illuminated in your mind, being illuminated in your heart, where He reveals something that you've never seen before. Jesus said to the Pharisees, your tradition." have made the Word of God of no effect. You call me Beelzebub. You call me the devil. You know the Word. And yet, you cannot see that I am God incarnate. Oh, it's good to know the Word. Word and Spirit, it's good. You have all word, you dry up. If you have all spirit, you blow up. If you have both, you grow up. 
important that we have both. You see, the Apostle Paul had this revelation. What is the revelation that he had? He had a revelation that something must happen to the heart of man for God to reveal things to you. You see, in Ephesians chapter 1, he begins to pray for the church. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 15. I want you to see what he says here. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15, he prays for the church. And he prays for them fervently. And as he's praying for the church, this is what he says. He says, therefore I also, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom. You see that? And understanding that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Who's he praying for? He's praying for Christians. I want the eyes of your heart. You're seeing, but you don't see. You're hearing, but you don't hear. You're discerning, but you don't perceive. You're singing it, but it's not here. There has to be a deeper place that you go in God where God reveals His mysteries to His sons and daughters. He doesn't reveal it to servants. He reveals it to sons and daughters. You see, servants do a task list. While sons and daughters do it because they are in relationship with the parent. And when we become so in relationship with God as a son and a daughter, He reveals to us the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He reveals to us the mysteries of the kingdom of God. How many would agree with me tonight that the Lord wants to do something in us and through us? How many would agree with me tonight that God wants to open up our heart, He wants to open up our mind, and He wants to open up our eyes that we would see and discern in the Spirit? Do you remember the story of the Old Testament? I don't have time to go there. But you remember the prophet? The Bible says that I think it was the prophet Elisha said to the servant, he prayed for the servant, and his eyes were opened, and he saw a chariot of fire, chariots around the city. He saw something that was blinded by everybody else. And I'm wondering, tonight, I want to ask you a question. I'm sorry that I got a little excited tonight. I'm sorry that I get a little emotional. But I want to let you know, I want to tell you as your pastor, there's more that you haven't experienced. There's more to church than singing our songs and having the preacher preach a sermon. There's more to life than going to work. There's more to life than paying bills. I'm telling you, there's a treasure that you've never tapped into. There's a well that you've never drunk from. There's a country that you've never been. There's places in the Spirit that you've never been to. And God is saying tonight, I want to take you as my son and daughter to that place. I want to take you to the place that you've never been before. I want you to see things that you never saw before. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Saying to us, the kingdom of God is like a treasure hid in a field. 
Jesus said, and when the man finds the treasure in the field, he rejoices that he found the treasure. I'm, I'm afraid that we've lost our joy because we stop searching for the treasure. That we've stopped going deeper. We have stopped challenging ourselves to grow. We've stopped challenging our mind to grow. We've stopped challenging to think outside the box. We have given up on the side of the road because we think the journey is too difficult. But I'm telling you that what you can tolerate, you cannot change. If you can tolerate it, you ain't going to change it. And what you permit will always increase. You will never reach the palace if you live like a peasant. God, you know what He wants to do? Can I tell you what God wants to do? He wants to take us like the sons of Jacob. The sons of Jacob sold their brother into slavery. Is that right? Sold Joseph into slavery. But you know what happened at the end of the story? Joseph, their brother, brought his brothers into Pharaoh's palace and he blessed them. He kissed them. Gave unto them. He accepted them as his family. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bring us in. He wants to bring us into the palace. He wants to reveal the secrets of the kingdom to us. He wants us to come in and sit at the table. Because isn't that what David did for his best friend Jonathan? I'm going to set your son, Mephibosheth, right at the table. Because you know why? Your son is not a servant any longer. David said, I accepted Jonathan as my brother, even though he was never flesh and blood. In my heart, he was my brother. And I'm going to accept your son and put him at the table, and I'm going to reveal my heart to him because he's not my servant. He's my son, and my son gets my heart. call of God tonight is for us to go deeper than we've ever been. The call of the Holy Spirit. Do you hear the Holy Spirit? Do you hear Him knocking? Do you hear Him pleading at the door? Let me come in and sup with you. Let me sit down and talk with you. I've got some things you've never seen before. I want to take you to a place that you've never been before. I want you to experience something you've never experienced before. There is flowers in the garden that you've never smelt before. There's food at the table you've never tasted before. The Holy Spirit is calling us. He's wooing us. Holy Spirit said to me years ago, I was praying. I remember I was crying. I said, Lord, I love you. This is what I said. I want to do whatever you want me to do. 
I want to be whatever you want me to be. I am I'm single, Lord. I can go anywhere in the world. I'll give it up. All, that's what I said. I'll just give it all up. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You want me to go to the mission field? I'll do whatever you want me to do. I love you so much. And he said to me, how high can I take you without losing you? I said, what do you mean? How high can I take you without losing you? Will I lose you in the midst of your prosperity? Will I lose you in the middle of you building a church? Will I lose you in the middle of you running here and running there? How high can I take you without losing? I heard something I've never heard before. Several years ago, I was walking around this building, and I was praying. I was touching the seats, asking the Holy Spirit to move. I was praying in the Spirit. God is my witness as I was praying. I heard something I never heard before. I heard the Lord say, Son, just be my pencil and let me write the story. Just then, a burden lifted. I'm not responsible for the story. I'm just responsible in being a pen in the hand of God. I'm telling you, church, you could come to a place in God that one word that He speaks to you can change your life. 